Okay, we're recording. It is January 26, 2023. I did speak to Reverend Davis a few minutes ago. He's hanging in there. He says he's feeling a little better each day. Um, he hopes to get back to normal soon enough. Naturally, they're doing all kind of medical procedures because they get money for all that. So hopefully, the doctors will only help him and not harm him in any way. Yvonne, uh, Christian's friend, her husband, and their son we have on the prayer list. Yvonne needs a different job. and uh, The boy Larry is working at a university in uh, uh, Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, and uh, he wants to get something closer to home, and we're praying for them. Uh, Ken, Kelsh, blessings of healing. Um, they had kind of strong-armed him into taking... COVID shots and hopefully he'll be able to over, overcome it. Bella, a young lady who so far beating addiction continued strength for her. Lisa's mom, Betty um, she needs help healing with her leg. Marco's uh, son, for his son uh, Salvation. <laughs> Larry and Sheila, they both tested positive for COVID. Well, like we said, all those tests will tell you you got COVID, even if it's just a mild head cold. That's how they've got them set now. Marta and Charles and uh, the young man Sebron. John and Ruby and Vassie and Linda. They're friends of our Bible study and our podcast. Our children and our grandchildren. Bob's children, Stephanie and Mike, other family members that need salvation. Praying for the folks in Europe, the winter times come, and I think that a lot of them are struggling, but you know, they're going to keep about all of that off of the news. Uh, incidentally, uh, there's an app you can get on your phone, it's called Radio Garden. You download it and you open it up and it just shows the entire globe and um, all these little green dots. And you can just zoom in to a little green dot. Those green dots are radio stations. And you can listen to them, you know, 24-7. If it's lit up, they're broadcasting. Of course, a lot of it's not in English. But a lot of it is in English in places you wouldn't expect to to see it. I've just started to use that, so I'm hoping I can find some news outlets that are not being censored by the cabal. Uh, Jerry for his grandchildren, for Rex, for Ted, Eric, Mark, and Meek. America, the Patriots, unsafe family members, persecuted Christians. George Weiser, senior and junior, right? John? And uh, Joe uh, for salvation. And uh, John would like to be hired full time at uh, Food City, and we, they they work him really hard. And I think that he deserves to be put on full time and be able to get benefits there. And um, let's see, Blevins. What's the first name? Larry, Larry Blevins. And. Uh, Charles? Let me see. After the Larry Blevins, I don't know what that said. Healing. Larry Blevins for healing. All right. Yeah. Thank you. And Phil Tobelman. Phil Tobelman. Ray for him and Judy. And, uh... Judy has a gold stuff. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, I see that. Yeah. Lost loved ones, healing, protection for the vaxxed people. Let's join hands. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this assembly and we just praise you, God, that you are a God of salvation for us. You're a God of all creation. You can call things which are not as if they were and then they would be. 
Lord, we pray we learn tonight from studying your word and having discussion, and we pray, too, that these concerns on our prayer list, that you would consider them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 4. drinking out of the water dish. Christian says it's like Salvation Army person out in front of the store at Christmas time. <laughs> what it sounds like. Bell tingling. Well, verse 4 of Matthew 4, you know this by heart. It says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You know, we've all sort of become very aware of the fact that the rubber's about to hit the road here in um, these end times events. A lot of stuff you just cannot believe is happening seems to be happening. Um, they try to make it look like the young man, uh, Damar Hamlin, is alive, and I don't think they'd be doing that if he really was alive. They brought this fellow that they claimed was him to a ball game two or three days ago, one of the pro, I guess, Buffalo Bills game. They had the cameras all out there, and they he comes. They're hauling him in there in a side-by-side, a four-seater. And then um, he gets out, and then he goes in to one part of the building, and then the next thing, they cut it to his exiting that room. His mother and presumably his baby brother come out, and they're walking in front. And several seconds behind... These burly-looking characters come out, kind of like bodyguard-looking fellows. And um, and Damar is presumably behind them, wearing a hoodie with the hood pulled up, a mask all the way over his nose, comes right under his eyes, and a pair of dark sunglasses, even though this was inside. And he's walking just fine. He's walking, you know, whoever was really wearing that getup probably should have faked a little bit of a stuttered walk. But no, he's just swaggering along there. That was not Damar Hamlin. The fact that they try to make people think it was him tells me all I need to know about the young man's fate. I I hope that he is with Christ. I, I think it would be very stunning to find out he really is alive. Why are they doing this? Because they don't want people to be afraid to keep taking these vaccines. So we're up against a lot of stuff in the world right now. What's this verse out of Matthew got to do with it? I think everything. It's about being equipped. It's about the power in the Word of God. Go to Proverbs chapter 4. We need that power. You know, we can't just pivot to doomsday scenario and study nothing but prophecy and watch nothing but end times doomsday sayers. And um, We need teaching because we need to be equipped in order to take on the situation as it is right now. Verse 20 of Proverbs 4, it's talking about the the word of God, he says, verse 20, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. <clears throat> Pastor John Hagee was near death in the hospital a few years ago. And... Um, he just started uh, 
contemplating and meditating on the Word of God, Psalm 91 in particular. And the Word of God became wellness to his flesh. He was restored. Who was this? John Hagee. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. He, uh, he, he became restored by the Word itself. It's not got any errors in it. It tells you there that it'll be health to your flesh. NIV, health to your entire body. Uh, Ephesians, back to the New Testament, chapter 6. You prepare for what we are up against. You know that you can't live by bread alone, but you need the Word of God. And the Word of God has great power. We have to realize it. We have to know this. Uh, verse 10 of Ephesians 6, we use this a lot in, in our studies, but I don't think it can be worn out. I believe it's fresh every time you read it. Verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. I'm going to read further here in a moment. But uh, I've been asked fairly recently, more than once, what's going on? How can this all still be happening? you got nothing but news about DeMar Hamlin for day after day after day after day. Apparently he died. But then the next thing that says, well, he's conscious. He's woke up. And we're like celebrating. Because you just don't expect people to tell lies like that. And then before you know it, seven days after he went in, he was in ICU on a ventilator, endured nine solid minutes of CPR. Oh, he's up and walks out of there. Well, that's possible if God does the miracle. But you know how God would prove that he had done that miracle? If he had done that, that young man would come up to the cameras and speak to people and give God the glory. And people would see there he is. He did overcome this. That hadn't happened. And I, at this point, don't think it's going to. I don't think it's going to happen. Because that stunt that the NFL pulled by putting in a fake DeMar Hamlin, I saw on, again on Twitter this evening, uh, a sports reporter was interviewing the Buffalo Bills quarterback. He was in the locker room when presumably, oh, thank you so much, DeMar Hamlin with the hoodie and the mask and the dark sunglasses was kind of walked through there. Hey, here's DeMar, everybody. The reporter said, do you think that uh, you might have gotten duped? Do you think that that was really DeMar Hamlin? And the quarterback said, well, well, I guess so. Yeah, I, I think it was. But, you know, I guess it might not have been. I'm not sure. I mean, who knows? Okay. Well, the strange part about it is if it had been him and he was up walking around, wouldn't he address people? Yes, of course he would. And say, thank you for your prayers and stuff. That's what you would expect to hear. But the quarterback, you could tell he, he was afraid of getting fired. So he didn't want to say, I don't think that was DeMar, but he just kind of hit it on both sides right quick, and that's all he had to say. He said, I guess it, uh, I don't think I got duped. I mean, I mean maybe I did. Uh, I, who knows, he said. Who knows? Who knows? But the worldwide globalist cabal, these WEF, World Economic Forum. They want to take everyone's personal property. Have you eating insects, crickets? Literally. They've, they've been talking about that. Um, they need you in subjection. They cannot feed you except just enough to keep you alive. They don't want you to be well enough to fight them. They do not want you to be well enough to fight them. So... 
these are being controlled by who's doing it, people ask. We just read about it, verse 12 of Ephesians 6. Let's read that verse 12 once more. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We're not wrestling against Klaus Schwab or Bill Gates or Anthony Fauci. They're just puppets. puppets. They're (coughs) useful idiots to the real power, which is Satan. We know from the Word of God that Satan has come to steal and to kill and to destroy. Well, he's killed millions now with this so-called COVID vaccine. He's killed a lot of people with the treatment called remdesivir. I saw yesterday uh, a link um, to a study that had been done on remdesivir over 10 years ago. It shuts your kidneys down. They knew that. They knew that putting somebody on that would kill them. Oh, they particularly delighted in killing people who hadn't had the COVID vaccine so they could go on and say uh, they died of COVID. I believe they killed Phil Snap like that. I really do. And, and, and God bless him, his son had talked him into not taking the vaccine and probably got reprimanded by family members after that. And then he went and took it himself and Drop dead. I guess it was his heart. Who was that? That was Brad. We were in the Lions Club with both of them. Mm-hmm. Both fine, fine men. They, What's you know, it say about deception in the other <coughs> times? Deception would rule rampant. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking the other day about the broad road that leads to destruction. I looked at all those cars, the people all lined up waiting to get them shots. And I'm like, what? And some of the people that are in their deathbeds right now, they were saying, if only we'd gotten that booster sooner, we would not have been in this predicament. Yeah, this it's sad. It, but it, it, deception is the word. I said it sort of tongue-in-cheek early on, but now I'm saying it again, literally believing there is something in those so-called COVID vaccines that is attacking the cognitive function of the person that takes them. They can't think logically. I just watched another video. And you again, know that the MRA vaccines is today is where the Germans were back at the end of World War II when they got shut down. They picked it back up, and that's for our MRA. Well, that's all. That's Nephilim technology. Yeah. You know, I was. I saw. I saw. Uh, whoever it wasn't. It rewrites your DNA. It changes your DNA. Um, It was a... I watched this fellow, Mark Felton, on uh, YouTube. He's a World War II historian, particularly European theater, particularly the Germans. He's British. It wasn't Von Braun, the rocket guy. It was the other one. It was one that Von Braun apparently answered to. And I don't remember the guy's name, but he was high up in the Nazis and high up maybe at the very top of the uh, rocket program. And he disappeared without a trace. They do not know what happened to him. So that dude might have been a, a, a fallen angel himself. You know, the life insurance companies are no longer honoring a lot of the deaths that have been attributed to the vaccination. I didn't know that, but I'm not surprised because they can't sustain. They're going to go broke. Yeah, they said in this experimental drug and there's some kind of caveat in their clauses that said if you take this experimental stuff and die from it, that we're not going to pay on them, pay the policy Didn't off. you have to sign a waiver if you took it? Isn't that right? Yeah. Still, for everybody that takes it, you got to sign something? Uh, I don't know if that's still the case, but when they first came out with that initial flooding, uh, <coughs> people were having to sign exemptions. Well, the thing about private businesses and the NFL in particular, in this case, they can be sued. They required all those players to take that. A, a Detroit Lions player 
I don't think he was an active player, but he was 25 years old. Died, was it earlier today or yesterday? 25, just off like, you know, that. This not this never used to happen. Well, have you seen the FAA report of the pilots that have died? No, but I've seen that these muckety-mucks globalists are requesting unvaccinated yeah. pilots. They don't want anybody that's had that. They know what it can do. The FAA report shows that over, I forget, over 30-some thousand pilots that have, have died. And a lot of them have been in midair. The co-pilot or whoever has to take has over. To bring it in. And the military right now, you know, so oh. many of them kids have already been inoculated. And the ones that didn't get inoculated, they had to leave with either bad conduct. Was it bad conduct? Some of them were, yeah, discharged dishonorably. It's interesting that that doctor from Utah, who was actually a plastic surgeon, but he felt so strongly against the vaccines that he was shooting people up with saline and giving them vaccine cards. Over 2,000 of them. Did y'all see this? Yeah. Uh, and you know what the number one thing they charged him with? Destruction of government property. The, the 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 vaccines are government property, and he was destroying the government property. You know, I I hope that he finds a friendly court. Well, remember the wreck they had here in West Virginia that the all went crazy. The tractor trailer that wrecked all of the, all this garbage. Yeah, I heard something about that, and they sent in the military. Yeah. And, well, they did. That's what gave me kind of an idea for my third book. You know, that did. Um, they definitely don't want people seeing what it is. You're calling a lot of these accidents out there of accidents. Yeah. Now, how do they determine that God's given uh, sailing or whatever? <laughs> That well, that's a good point. I think some of his nurses that were helping him talked. Well, they just said too much to two <laughs> undercover FBI. Um, so the FBI's out there doing stuff like that instead of addressing real crime. Verse thirteen, Ephesians six. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And Paul also asks that you pray for him there. Um, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In the midst of all this, I think we're going to start <clears throat> seeing more and more people coming to the realization, many already have, it's a heartbreaking thing to watch that cartoonist Scott Adams. He drew the Dilbert cartoons. Y'all familiar with him? Uh, saw it on Twitter. He just came out and in about eight minutes. He said, okay, full confession, full disclosure. You all won. You who would not take the vaccine, you won. You beat us. You were right, and I was wrong. And he goes on, he talks about, in another video, he can't even exercise now. It's just ruined him. He pretty much afraid to come out of his home. But he was very pro-vaccine. He was pro-Trump. A lot of the blood is on Trump's hands. Poor Donald Trump. He has no wisdom, no judgment of character whatsoever. I mean, he would hire Adolf Hitler. I mean, he just does not get it. He, you know, you don't get wisdom except through the through God. And James chapter one verse six tells us that is it six? I think you're going to get wisdom if you um, ask for it. Let me not give a wrong address there. Um, you're going to get wisdom if you ask for wisdom. 
You have to believe you're going to get it, and you will get it. You receive uh, not because you ask not. Well, no, there's that. You have not because you ask not. And you ask amiss so you can spend it on your own. Yeah. James 1, it says, Let him ask in faith nothing wavering. That's verse 6. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the, of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Uh, verse 5 is where I should have put in at. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. It shall be given him. You have to believe you're going to get it to. Notice how I said we should have put in at verse 5. Which minister used to put it that way? Let's put in at such and such verse. J. Vernon McGee. Great man of God. Well, you know who Trump's running mate's going to be? Who? Mary Taylor Green. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Green? Yeah. Uh, she's a lightning rod. I don't know if that's a good idea. I like her. But, um... Well, that's what I saw last night, I think, was. Well, I don't know if we're going to get that far. And her McCarthy or... McCarthy's a deep stater. Picture him with the Ukraine flag colors in his pocket, in his breast pocket. The the entire Ukraine thing has been a complete disaster for America. But it's just getting the devil exactly what he wants. So um, Ephesians 6 talks about being equipped for, for, for the battle. And in Matthew 4, you need you only live not by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God. So we can be tempted in times like this to just look at nothing else but prophecy and doomsday sayers that if you if you uh, find somebody you 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 think's worth listening to on uh, YouTube uh back up a year in their videos and listen to a little bit of the tone, a little bit of the rhetoric and see what they were claiming was going to happen and uh then you'll know if they're just a uh, just shilling for for YouTube uh, views. Um, according to most of them, by this point in time, we should have already been destroyed. The uh, they keep saying, "Okay, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. They're going to use the the cyber money and get rid of the cash." They do plan to do that, and Revelation 13 would seem to indicate that they're doing it, and you have to have that chip, but they could do it before you had the chip. You just have a card, or you could do it with your phone because there's a lot of that type payment being done now. I've heard that the flat currency is going to go by by May in May. Yeah, and, and now whoever said that, Ray, go back a year <coughs> to, to uh, January 2022, and look at some of the things they're saying and see if they were right or wrong. If they were wrong, then they're just speculating. Um, and that's an important thing to do, to, to just have wisdom. Ask God for wisdom on who to listen to. Um, Prophecy is over anyway. Well, there's, yeah, revelations to come. But um, I mean, as far as prophets go, there's people that can interpret the Scripture, but prophecy's gone. He said if it's new, it's not true. If it's true, it's not new. Yeah, well, uh, Hebrews 1. Yeah, once and for all, it's been delivered yeah. to the saints. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12. So, uh, it uh, tells us that uh, I'll just start at the beginning. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you uh, ignorant you know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols. Now, dumb just means they can't speak. But they are pretty dumb. Even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, that's to say that he is the Lord in truth. Verse 4, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. 
but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self-same Spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. This is probably the biggest reason God wants us to flock together, to come together, to congregate. Not everybody has the same Spirit. And that chapter goes on to talk about how every gift is important. But you've got one gift, you don't have all of them. You can have more than one. But um, in any event... Um, it is uh, it's important to have fellowship with like-minded people and diversely gifted um, people. The Holy Spirit gives one person this, another person that, and so forth. Okay, how do we keep God's favor as we fight this battle? And what are we doing to fight the battle? Well, you pray. You pray for the truth to come out. You pray asking for even more wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge are not the same thing. you got to know what's going on. Um, do you think the world news broadcasts the fact that the government of England said no more vaccines for anyone under 50 years old? No, they're not going to broadcast that. The word will kind of leak out and get out in smaller channels, but you need to find some folks that are trustworthy who gather this information. And, and they may just be a regular old works at McDonald's kind of person, but they run a, uh, a Twitter page. That's the best place, again, because it's not being censored. And, uh, and there's a whole litany of people. So oh, Elon Musk is just another deep stater. It's all part of their plan. You know, um, I can hear those same people on the way up in the rapture saying, don't go with him. Don't go. It's a, it's a, it's a, they're faking you out. <laughs> uh, I mean, at some point you have to take things at face value. Yeah, be wary. Don't be foolish. But so the two things that I wanted to, kind of hone in on are humility and contentment. I think both of those things are lacking in the body of Christ, at least in the Americans. The Americans are lacking in humility and in contentment. Go to Proverbs 22. And I'll take this time to say that Ray is probably covered both of these pretty good. I mean that, Ray. You you seem to have a genuine godly humility about you and you're content with such things as you have. And that's a that's a milestone for any believer. Honestly it is. Um you know, and I'm not slighting anybody else here. I think at this assembly most of you guys are there. Maybe you all all are there. You're um, humble and content. Proverbs 22, verse 4, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. So if you're humble and you fear God, now what are riches? This is like millions of dollars? No, um, a place to, a place to live. Some nice little things that make you happy by owning them uh, if you don't get too carried away. And life, honor and life. You're honored by others and, and you have your life. You, you, you know, you, it sustains you. Uh, Proverbs 11 read uh, verse 12 
He that is void of wisdom despiseth his neighbor, but a man of understanding holdeth his peace. Um, I think I wrote the wrong verse there, to be honest with you. But that's a good verse. It works. Um, Colossians 3. Go back to the New Testament. Colossians 3. And this is uh, verse 12. And 12. Uh, It says, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, Bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. Back to James. We were there earlier. And these are just some, some of the... Just a, a few of the uh, admonitions that we should be humble. James chapter 4, verse 6, But he giveth more grace... Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but give, giveth grace unto the humble. And then also there, verse 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Okay. What does that look like? What does being humble look like? Uh, how about Matthew chapter 15? I heard a minister preach a sermon on this one time. And this is the woman who, well, you'll see what she says. And he says, you know, this is of all the places in the Bible. This bothers me. I'm just going to confess, this bothers me. I wonder why. Matthew 15, uh, verse 22. says, And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coasts, And cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. You know, folks in that day realized demon possession was real. They didn't say my daughter needs to go to a specialist. She's grievously vexed with epilepsy. Um, They knew what was wrong. Verse 23. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. Now why didn't Jesus answer her? He was testing her. Will you be persistent? We know that, I think it's Luke 18, he talks about persistence in prayer. Don't give up. And she's not giving up. And the disciples are saying, Get her away from us. She's carrying on and bothering us. Verse 24, But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What did he mean by that? Who are the lost sheep of the house of Israel? Well, all of the lost sheep of the house of Israel and all those grafted in, don't they be, right? So this woman would have been part of that, but they didn't see that. They didn't know that. The disciples. It says, Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. He's going to test her again right here. But he answered and said, It is not meat, it's not good, to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Jesus just called her a dog. And her response, And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. That was an object lesson for his disciples. He tested her faith. He, in effect, insulted her. But she didn't take it that way. Okay, I'm a dog. I'll... But they get the crumbs, right, that fall off the table. It's one of Turbo's favorite verses. 
<laughs> but um, that was a beautiful thing. And, and he said, great is thy faith. There's another example of this in Matthew 8. So did I hear my name? Did I hear my name? Somebody got food in here? That's how he spells love, F-O-O-D. Okay, um, Matthew 8 and verse 5, it says, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. Jesus is testing this guy because he knew all things. He knows all things still. Look at what the centurion says. The centurion answered, verse 8, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servants shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth unto another come, and he cometh unto my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Two examples of humility. Lord, I'm a dog. You're right. I'll eat the crumbs though. And this man, I'm not even fit that you should come under my roof. But if you said it, it would be the case. The Lord honors that. He appreciates that. But, you know, largely in the Christian church in America, we think too much of ourselves. You know, you're sitting in my pew. That's, a, uh, you know, Aunt Hattie and Uncle Methuselah donated the money for that pew. That's why there are brass plaques on the end of it. And that's my pew. That kind of thing. Um, just backbiting within the congregation. No agape love for one another. A competing of things. Well, so-and-so over there thinks he's going to be the next deacon, but I got word for him. I'll get the votes. I'll do the, I'll do the glad hand, and I'll get voted ahead of him. He don't deserve to be a deacon. He don't give as much to this church as I do. This is self-exaltation. But the Bible says to humble yourself and he will lift you up. Look at what Nebuchadnezzar said in Daniel. It wasn't in my notes, but it's worth looking at. Chapter 4. I I'm continue to be amazed at the people who, when you tell them Nebuchadnezzar wrote part of the Bible, they just look at you like you got two heads. I said, read Daniel 4. And he talks about what happened to him. He talks about how he, you know, lifted himself up to the point he was humbled. He was, called him what, Nebby? And we call him Brother Nebby. Perry Stone called him Nebby. Nebby. But he got his reason returned to him, he said. Verse 36. 37, he says, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, Praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, all whose works are truth and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride he is able to abase. That's a dangerous place to be. I saw somebody else today put something on Facebook about how Job didn't do anything wrong. Job didn't do the first thing wrong to cause God to do all that. I call that the remember Job syndrome. They get to partway through chapter one and then they're thinking about what Shoney's is going to have on the buffet. But he's commended in uh, Hebrews 11 for being patient man, even though he was prideful. Yeah. Yeah, he, he did not curse God and die, did he? Even though his wife wanted him to. 
Fortunately, he didn't listen. So humility can't be overemphasized. The next thing, though, contentment. Look at Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Paul says in verse 11, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Paul had learned to be content. Find Hebrews 13. Hebrews chapter 13. And this is just one verse. Verse 5. It says, Let your conversation... Now, we think of that as talk or or language or conversations with one another, but in the KJV, it's talking about your way of life. Hebrews Hebrews 13, verse 5. Let your conversation, let your way of life be without covetousness. Don't look at something someone else has and desire that for yourself. And be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. How many people are just not content with what they have? I want a better this, I want a better that, I want a newer this or a newer that, or a bigger this or a bigger that. I want, I want, I want. First Timothy chapter 6. And this is uh, verses 6 and 8 through 8. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. I'm fed, I'm clothed. I think we could pretty much add shelter because Christ talked about that, shelter. Um, But that's what you need, and be content with what you have. You know, there's a fable. Um of the dog that had the bone in his mouth and he's like crossing the bridge and uh, he looks over and he sees a dog in the water he sees his reflection well that dog's got a bone I look like I could whoop him you've all heard this right and he dives in to fight that other dog nearly drowns and lost the bone that he did have (laughs) Luke chapter 12. Now we're just going to look at verse 15. And he said unto them, let me get verse 13 and 14, put a little context on this. Luke chapter um, 12, verse 13. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Does this mean we can't have anything nice? No. No. I mean, I'd probably start coveting right quick if you put me in a cardboard box took away my house. You know. Look at Psalm 37. It doesn't mean you can't have anything nice. It's just got to work in an order. You live humbly. You 
live content. If you're, if the quickest and best way, in my opinion, to get something more is to go on ahead and be content with what you got. God will honor that. But if you're not content with what you have, then according to Scripture, you're committing covetousness. You're coveting. But what if you were content? And what if you had humbled yourself? Psalm 37, verse 3, Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. So trust in him and do good, you're going to get fed. Four, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the bare minimum. No more than what you need to get by the next day? No. He says, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, verse 5, All trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. We have to improve our standing with God. And the two things we covered tonight, which I think are very lacking in the church in America, hold us back. Hold us back individually, they hold congregations back. And churches want to build big gymnasiums and stuff. The one down Pulaski did that. Um, Bob White Boulevard, Pulaski Church of God. I don't know what debt, what amount of debt they went into to do that. But I do know that God struck the sanctuary with lightning and burned it down and left them their ball court. Y'all sit on folding chairs in there and worship a while. You can't covet and please God. You can't be discontent with what you have and please God. You can't be proud and please God. One character that knocked down this barn and built up a bigger one, you know, God didn't like that one either. And some of these globalist billionaires don't even have any children to leave it to. You know, and they they got one foot in the grave and the other on the banana peel, proverbial banana peel, and they're just seeming to think they'll never die. What's it all for? As we read earlier in Timothy, you're not taking anything with you. You didn't bring anything into this world and you're not taking anything out there's a beauty in contentment there's a beauty in accepting your lot in life there's a beauty in realizing that you have a very old car that might make it today and might not yet being happy for someone else who has a new car be happy for them that they have that some of these folks the only blessings they're going to get are in this life John MacArthur is one witty character. He, um, and I'm not in line with him on his Calvinism, but the rest of his teaching, I've never had, never found fault with it. Joel Osteen, you know, the prosperity preacher, has that big selling book out called Your Best Life Now. Your Best Life Now. MacArthur, obviously commenting on that book, said, you know, the only way that A Christian could be, you know, the only way a person, he said, could be living your best life now is if you're going to hell. Because after this life, Christians go to heaven. They're with Christ. There's your best life. You can't have your best life right now unless you're going to hell, and then you do. So being content is uh, key. Being humble is key. And once you get there once you truly get there then you can go to psalm 37 and look for what he might have for you they you know look, Charles Stanley's boy? he's really gone apostate 
very, very sad. Andy Stanley has um, said the other day that the gay people in our congregation have more faith than anybody here. The gay people have more faith even than I do. And that's probably true in his case because I don't think he's a saved believer. Um, real shame. He's, he's gotten wealthy. He's got big campus churches and rolling in the dough, millions of dollars he's pocketing. Oh, he likes that. What's the latest on Charles? How's he doing? I don't know. I know he's probably past 90 now, but God did renew him some time back. I think when it became apparent that Andy was not going to, you know, preach right, God renewed Charles. Andy Stanley was tried to talk Charles into resigning as pastor of First Baptist Atlanta. Tried to talk him into it because I don't even remember what, his ex-wife was just a nut job. Just leveled all sorts of horrible allegations against him. Charles, Charles Stanley. Stanley. And then Andy Stanley. His ex-wife. Charles's ex-wife. Was a nice guy. Yep. Okay. Um, said, well, you can't be divorced and be a pastor. The Bible does not say that. The Bible says that a, if a man desires to be a pastor, he can be the man of only one wife. You can't be a polygamist. And there's people out there saying, oh, well, you know, if you've ever been divorced, you can't be a priest. Not true. Not true. It's, the Holy Spirit knew how to write divorce. He wrote it a few times in 1 Corinthians 7. If he meant that you couldn't be divorced and be a pastor, he would have, he would have said that. Basically, why would he put it that way, man, of only one wife? That means you can't have more than one wife. That's pretty clear. That said, I would never, ever, ever want to be a pastor of a church. It's it's been difficult enough at times over the years to, you know, just be a steward over this group. Christian and I were talking yesterday. I mean, we could write a book on some of the characters who have come through here. <laughs> I mean, good day over the years. You've been here all along, Ray. Um, people possess the devils. That one guy was growling every time the word of words of Jesus were read from the pages. John? Yes. I don't want to name last name. I'm not named on either. And then I the, don't remember. And then the guy and his wife and daughter, they played music and sang and then the next thing you know, she's had a child and they killed it. They took it and put it in a cold cave and cold weather and the child suffered and died because they didn't want to tell anybody she'd had a a baby. Even the father didn't know. He did not know. I really I talked to him some after that. And then she was blaming it on him. That She said, I know what he would have done to me if he found out I was pregnant. Well, I think you'd probably rather have had him do whatever to you than to have your child freeze to death in a shoebox. Yeah, they, they came here and fellowshiped with us. Others just freeload. You know, come over eating, and the guy said, oh, my back's hurting me, I'm going home. He'd come and eat and eat and eat, and then I'm going to go home. Others come, they'd stay, and then they'd want to take all the leftovers with them. I mean, I'll, I'm just saying, I mean, maybe I'm getting out of fellowship myself. And another guy, we had the chicken broccoli casserole. He's in line, you know, to, to get his food. And he's got a fork spearing all the pieces of chicken out of that, and he piled him up a plate full of chicken and left everybody else broccoli and cheese. I mean, how how do we attract people like that? Oh man, there's a long, there's a lot more. Oh, a lot more. Have you filtered this group out already? Hey, if y'all still standing at this point, y'all y'all made it. You made the cut. We need well, you to remember what Osman said. The drink that he had for here. Uh, he had a few, actually. You know, <laughs> dreams about how things and people that were involved here. and Actually, they turned out to be accurate in most cases. I guess perhaps maybe even every case. But, um, yeah, God will show you what's coming through dreams if you pay attention. You know, uh, Christian had a certain dream one time and told me what it was about, told me about... 
the whole back of our house was a big church that looked like First ba- or Withfield Baptist down here, and she was out in the out in the yard, and the lady who's the wife of the guy that picked all the chicken out of the casserole, she just drops her top inside the uh, church and let everybody outside see it. This is in a dream. And she tried to, uh, she had her gun with her and she's trying to shoot and it wouldn't go off. And next thing you know, there's a, a, a situation where she finds herself and she's at a hospital visiting a loved one. Oh, that's this happened when you stayed here, Jerry, when you were convalescing after your uh, Asheville surgery on your heart. Remember? So she said it was my dad. He was he was in the hospital. He was in a bed getting well from surgery, and I saw this guy coming down the hallway. It was the guy that picked the chicken out of the casserole. And uh, she said, I knew he was up to no good. By this point in time, we pretty much told this couple, y'all don't fit here not to be rude, but this ain't working. <clears throat> so she said, he's coming down the hall, and she tried to hide from him. And he came in the room, and he clicked open a little knife, and she described it, it was sharp on both sides. It's like one of those out-the-front things, like a thing Forrest carries around. And uh, that pretty much wrapped the dream up. And I was able to interpret it. And I said, um, you know, we know who the couple is. Even though the woman that was in the room that dropped her blouse there didn't look like the real woman there was a uh, there was a key word which if I mentioned it it would identify these folks I'm not going to that was in the dream I said okay that's who they are I said this guy he flicks this little knife out it's a short blade sharp on both sides what else do we read of as being sharp on double edged sword double edged sword the word of God I said he's going to come back and try to insert himself back into the study by giving us or doing something for us that involves the Word of God. And when we see him do that, we know that it's disingenuous and it's something that the enemy's doing and we've been warned. Don't receive them back into your fellowship. Do you know that later that same evening, he came to the front door carrying a box of hymnals and Bibles. Um, Gideon's Bibles and hymnals that he had found in some place. And he said, I thought the group here could use these. And I had just told her, I was at work. I said, don't, don't even let him in. Go ahead and take them. You know, they are Bibles. There's no way they could be cursed. You know, but uh, I'm not going to invite him back in. So, yeah, there's been a lot of times, a lot of folks through the years, like I said, we could write a book. It's, it's really wild when you look back over 20 years of people coming and going. But without church discipline, 1 Corinthians 5, without the willingness to do what's tough, to call someone who had been coming and say, you have claimed to be married and you're living with this man. Yet, I find out you're not. Oh, I am. We did this, that, and such and such. Well, then why are you telling Bland Ministries when you go pick up food that you're picking up for two different households that you all are not married, which is the truth? Well, she didn't know what to say. Um, No, we can't have that. You can't have that. You can't have people that think it's just fine to lie their way into gain, get something out of something. You know, it's a tough thing. Honest, honest to goodness, it's it, it's it is. You know, and um, the one guy's mother calls. Well, oh, why can't he come back to the study? He just loved it so much. And I said, well, you know, when I talked to him last, he took a job bouncing in a nightclub, 
in Statesville. She said, well, you had to have a job. I said, yeah, it's a strip club. <laughs> what kind of Christian is going to take a job as a bouncer in a strip club? You know, uh, I said, I'm sorry. I said, her husband was a Baptist pastor. I said, have him call me. And if he can convince me that your son has repented and changed, I said, we'll talk about it. The guy never called because she couldn't even convince her own husband that her son, that her husband was not this guy's father. Anyway, that's closed up with a lot of gossip tonight, didn't we? <laughs> but I mean, it's just, well, it's it's how things are sometimes when you're, um, I guess, trying to have an assembly. The devil is going to continue to try for you not to have an assembly. He don't like it. Ready to close? John, how about you close us? Father, keep us safe as we go from here. Remember our prayers. And grant us a safe week. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Thank you.